It's a dope beat. Every time it's a dope beat. Six Degrees, NYC. They haven't cut us off yet. Thank God. The funding is still coming in and we're still rolling. Alap Vora here with Audrey James and Ben Goldstein. Hey. Hey. So, you know, we, we, we got to talk about how the week went, but the mailbox is full. We, we got some fan mail. The, the, look at, the post office look at had that. to send us another notice saying to pick up all of our shit because we get so much mail now. It's crazy. Ben, we, what, are, what are the fans selected, talking about? We selected two of the hottest letters. To yeah. talk about. <laughs> we uh, through thousands. We went through thousands of, of letters, and these are the two that we... So from our first episode, well, you might remember that uh, Audrey was making kombucha, which uh, we lovingly referred to as kombucha. Um, I got a letter from Anjana C. out in L.A., and it says, quote, it's definitely pronounced kombucha because it comes from kombu, Japanese for seaweed, combined with ocha, which is the Japanese word for tea. Hmm. So you get kombu plus ocha, kombucha. I guess Audrey was wrong. Dagger. Um, it's a dagger. Audrey, your thoughts. Like I, said, like I said, I feel like the word kombucha sounds a little bit like snobby. If, yeah. And kombucha just sounds like chill. Kombucha? Kombucha. I'm so not I'm saying you have to with change kombucha. it. How, how did it come out, by the way? Did you? It was great. Really? The first time. Oh. The first time. And um, I had to toss my scobies, though. Oh, bummer. Shh, don't tell anyone. Okay. No one will know. I feel like such a failure. It's fine. Um, I'm just going to ask Nora for another scoby. But yeah, you have to be very careful with it. There's a ton of upkeep. You know, if you mess anything up, you have to toss it. Yeah. So how about how about the the whatever you make? How about we call that kombucha? Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> and what the, I make is definitely kombucha. And then the uh, the real shit, which is bottled and right sold in stores. Right. That's kombucha. Shout out to Concord Market, Mercedes <laughs> House Market. Sorry, shameless plugs. <laughs> Is uh, kombucha, dear. I like that, actually. I'm cool with that. Okay. So Audrey's kombucha, if you ever market it. Yeah. Audrey's kombucha. I yeah. love that. All right. Our second note um, is from Adam L., also from LA. We're, We're big out in the West Coast right now. They they can't get enough of NYC, yeah. six degrees. Um, there are people in LA with New York ties, I guess. So uh, Adam uses, he just wanted to say out of, after our second episode, he uses the N dash, which we kind of threw a lot of hate at. Right. Um, he uses them for page spans, like read pages eight, N dash to 11. So... He showed us where they can use them on the iPhone keyboard. And if you hold down the dash, you get all three options. Huh. He sent me a screen grab. Wow. So he like Thanks, waits Adam. for the three to come up. And, and then, then he picks the middle really? one. Really? Yeah. Um, and also, apparently, it's a alt dash on a Mac keyboard. And an M dash is alt shift dash. So you have those options well, for, right. grammar, for the people who want to use the N dash out there. Right. Still. Right. I love that. That's Six degrees NYC. Where was about that grammar? And we're... We, we may, maybe Adam has to give us like more ways to use it. Where is it on the typewriter? I don't know. I, that's a good point. Okay, Adam, if you're going to give us things. a great point. Adam from LA. We, please, please continue Adam to from write LA, to us. Please continue to write to us with that type of stuff. Show us how to do it on the typewriter. Yeah. Okay. That would be great. What about you a lot? What's going on? Um, I had a crazy week. I was in, uh, I was in San Antonio for the, the Final Four. Um, amazing experience. Nice. Um, and I got to see my childhood best friend win his second national championship in three years. Shout out to Kyle Amazing. Neptune. Wow. Yeah. So, and even though he's a private guy, there's a, there's a, there's a chance I might be able to finagle him on here. Oh, we would love that. We might we might be able to get him on here. That'd be great. He's a shy guy, but we'll get him out. We'll get him to open up. Cool. Wine and tequila does some things to some people. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but it was it was a crazy week. I'm just recovering from being insane. You know what's funny? San Antonio, not great Mexican food. Really? Huge, huge disappointment. Huh. I'm, I'm you huge on Mexican food. I mean, tacos? everywhere we went, I tried tacos, enchiladas. I mean, not even like Tex Mex. Was it the like Tex Mex? I think maybe one of the seven or eight spots that I went to was decent. Everything else was like, ugh. You know? Is that because we're from New York and you're, you're, uh, I have high standards. standards. Or... I have high standards, but it's San Antonio. I know. That's Texas. Texas. Thing. It's Tex Mex. It's the definition of it. Right. I've been, Dallas has great Tex Mex. Houston has great Tex Mex. Yeah. Austin even has good Tex-Mex. Anyone San listening Antonio? in San Antonio, show us where the good Tex-Mex is. Yeah. You might want to hit a Taco Bell right in the in. way. I'm just saying Taco <laughs> Bell, not too far away. So for our letters, actually, sorry, I should say, if you have something to say, hit us up at info at sixdegrees.nyc. That's, That's right. our email address where you can reach us, info yeah. at sixdegrees.nyc. Yep. Um, Dre, how was the week? I had a good week, actually. Um, last night was interesting. We all went out last night. Things got out of hand. Things... 
a lot. You said you'd buy me a glass of wine, and then you didn't. So I actually didn't have a drink last night. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, you know I didn't First drink at all. all. So that was like an interesting experience, oh, like be at a bar until three in the morning. I like that and you have... waited till right now too. Yeah, just good. FYI, I didn't forget. Okay, so I'm the um, only guy that could have bought you a drink. I don't know. You said, "What do you want?" I said, "Red wine." It never came, and then I just didn't drink this for is the like, rest of the night. If that's how it happened, okay. I'm not saying it's your fault. You can't. I'm just saying that's how it happened. That it's like writing a bad Yelp review after never making a complaint. To you just really it. wanted me to drink my. Moscow Mule? Yeah. Oh. And like you were really opposed to the red wine. Thing. Is this the first glass of red wine that you've had since last since before last yeah. night? Oh. So that was an interesting experience though, because I was out until three in the morning and I was completely stone cold Ooh. sober. And not because a lab didn't buy me a drink, but because I think I wanted to be ready for today. Yeah. Oh, yeah as opposed show. to the last oh, yeah. episode. Um so that was interesting. I woke up this morning, I went to the gym, I had so much energy, I had like a very productive day. I felt great about it. So that might be uh, my new thing. Yeah, it's just so great. Not just don't drink Staying at the bar. out till 3 a.m. Yeah, sober. Yeah, don't drink, though. <laughs> Never buying you a drink everything. again. It sounds kind of horrible <laughs> to me, but I'll, sounds like a I'll cost, try it once So actually, too. I do appreciate it a lot. It's a cost-cutting exercise. I'm doing, hey, what do you guys want to drink? And then don't order shit. That's I want to know I, I want to know what conversation you had at 2.45 before with all the people around you and your stone so, so Well, over. it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think at 1.30 or so, I realized, like, oh, my God, I haven't had a drink. This is good, though. This is good. Yeah. And I just went with it. I had a great time, actually. <laughs> High on life, you know. We were out with a bunch of childhood friends that go back at least twenty years. With so us. you don't need Incredible. to be right. It's not and like some people we don't see, we haven't seen. I haven't seen. That's in years. what it was. And so you're just running on adrenaline, like, hey, remember that time where? And just like that shit will keep I, you going for hours. I got yeah. in so many random conversations with so many people yeah. I hadn't seen in so long, it's and crazy. it was just we got a great middle school picture. Oh, we had a great middle school. We'll put picture. that on Instagram, maybe. Cool. Yeah. Um. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Ben, what about you? Oh, um, you know, I had I did not go out with you guys last night. My girlfriend's brother's birthday was yesterday, so we went to Three's. I was right near you, actually, Audrey. Three's. Oh. Um, during the day. Okay. But we sort of, uh, you know, we called it quits early. But I just want to say that I realized the other day I opened a drawer and I saw a CD that was sitting there. It was he's the DJ, I'm the rapper, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I was coming here to photograph some stuff for Dave's thing, mm-hmm. just to put it up on Instagram, and I pulled it out. And I thought, I'm going to listen to this on the way. And then I looked on Instagram, same day, like an hour later. I hadn't touched that CD in about five years. Will Smith had posted, it was the 30-year anniversary of that CD's being. Serendipitous. Wow. It, was, it weirded me out because like, I was like, why do I have this in my hand right, right. now while I'm looking at it? So I've been, it's in my car. I've been listening to it since. It was one of the all-time favorite albums of my life. Oh, that's incredible. 30 years ago. So. 30 years ago? That's what when it came the- out. Made in his basement. So It's unreal. Yeah. Did you see the Bel Air Jordans? Yeah, those are on fire. They're not the Jordans, they're the Nike, the uh, Nike Air up Nike, Oh, sorry. I don't know about yeah. sneakers, but I wish they came in kid sizes. I would totally buy them for Jackson. Oh, they don't? They're incredible. They probably do, them. but I don't know. I'm not spending money on yeah. sneakers. <laughs> yeah. Someone wants to so gift fast, me yeah. them, I would take them. Info at sixdegrees.myc if you want to send audio. Hey, <laughs> maybe maybe today's guest what brought them as, the, as, as her gift. Maybe we got a couple pairs of Jordans. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. Um... Um, but before we do that, I have a word for you guys. Do we? Yeah. Oh, are, yeah. Are you ready? I'm always ready. The word. Wow. All right. All right. Each week, we try to stump our co hosts with a word that you may or may not find in the dictionary. May or may not find in the dictionary. Yeah. And might today's, be there, it might not. today's word is. Today's word is Hanua. 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 Can you spell that? It is spelled H-O-N-U-A. I feel like this is a, uh, like a Hawaiian word. It sounds Hawaiian as hell. You, you might be right. It might be Hawaiian. Um, or you might just be throwing us off with that type of clue. I can is it, is it a type of dance? It is not a type of dance. I used to do hula, by the way. Oh, yeah? yeah, yeah great. Hey, way to focus. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Hanua. I, yo, it's food. Yeah, I, I know. It's, it's slang like... You know, I, I remember, I don't really remember her, but Hanua. <laughs> but you knew her. Yeah. Hanua. Is that what it was? That, that... that is not right. God damn it. Sorry. I'm stumped. Well, do you guys give up? Yes. I just like to hear you say it. No, never. <laughs> I've been guessing for hours. You ready? Yeah, fine. Okay. Hanua is a Hawaiian word that means earth or universe. Oh, I like. I see the connection uh, there. Yeah. We'll find wow. out about that in I a second. I was mad googling a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually Good beautiful. Thinking. That's a great name. Yeah, Hanua. it is not. It's Ooh. not a nice name. A lot. Write that down. 
I think he already has it written. I'm just saying. <laughs> you want me to write it down anyways? Okay. I'm just saying for like. Hanoah. Hanoah. Oh, that's pretty. And that was the word. You know, parents are the same no matter time, no place. They don't understand that us kids are going to make some mistakes. So to you other kids all across the land, there's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. So today's guest is the co-founder of Project Inkblot, a consultancy that helps create inclusive campaigns, media, and services for organizations. She's also the co-creator of Fit the Description, a video interview series documenting conversations between black male civilians and black male officers. And she has something else in common with the word, um, which we'll find out. So welcome to the show, Jahan Manton. Is that how you say your last name, Manton? Yes. Okay. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thanks for being here, Jahan. Appreciate you. It's great to have you. Um, you. But... yeah. Yeah. Let's not get her too comfortable. Before we get, you know, <laughs> we get into, into anything. anything. What did you get us? What did you get us? No guest is allowed to even have any airtime, and so we've gotten something from them. That's just how we roll. It's trade off. Yes. Okay. Well, I came prepared. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, I got you all two very special diamond cut. Wow. Oh. oh. <laughs> Show's over. Yeah. Bye, guys. No. Tune in um, next week. What I got was incense, my favorite oh, incense oh, wow. from Ooh. my favorite um, like Indian spice store in the East Village cool. on First Ave. First, like in between six and seven. Yeah, that makes sense. My grandma's Jamaican and her house always smelled like, oh. uh-huh. like she should have had like curry air freshener. Like yeah. that's what it smelled <laughs> like all the time. And, um, Anyway, so I brought you my favorite incense from that store. Oh, I love that store. You. Great spice store. And I also brought some Costa Rican coins. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Oh, my God. They're good luck. That's I don't know. Awesome. I feel like I you say good luck after. Products. I think all you have to do is you say give that. Something. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And um, yeah, they're That's like amazing. good energy and vibes for your, for, your, for your show. We appreciate that. Thank you, Thank so, you much. so much. Thank you so much. We're about to light it up. We'll light it up at some point. Can I say, <laughs> though, that I was walking down the street in Brooklyn, like downtown by... Um, by like the Hoyt, Sk- Hoyt Skirmahorn stop. And there was like the guy selling incense on the street. And for some reason, I just had this moment. It was like a beautiful sunny day. And I just was walking and I was like, oh, I love Brooklyn so much. Yeah. And just like smelling that, oh, it smells so good. And like the people and everything. Mm. And I just love that. It's like a nostalgic thing, you know, with the incense. Totally. Oh, it's funny how smells can do that. I yep. know they bring you back. I smelled like some busted ass cologne my boyfriend <laughs> from high school wore uh, like gonna, a couple of days ago I'm gonna and guess, I was like wow I'm gonna guess right now what it is this is, this is what I do you're gonna get it cool water uh, no curve no CK1 yes <gasps> Oh, T- see, I didn't want that, to go to CK1. Oh, I started wearing CK1 again. I'm wearing it right now. Because of me. Because of Lop, me. it's your thing. You just but looked at every point. But it's still kind of good. <laughs> I just it every- is. It's it still like, holds up. It's amazing. Yeah. Some of them hold up. That's the I only mean, one that holds up. The other ones are like, Yeah, like you know. cool water. That, that was the smell of high school. Yes. That was the smell of high school. Yes. So tell us about, about your name real quick. Yeah, so Jahan means world or universe, depending on who I'm speaking with and it's funny when you said the word i was like oh i got like did you get I, a I, yeah, like the, recognition yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i love that name it's so yeah. pretty it's it similar to han hanua in a yeah. way like mm-hmm. it has like a yeah and my nickname is is um honey oh really so oh. it's like my friends honey. and family also so on that note like what can you tell us a little bit about your background like what's your makeup yeah so my mom is jamaican and my dad uh, was white and Jewish. He passed. That's why I'm, he was always white and Jewish. He died, but <laughs> right. he didn't pass. So I'm speaking on the past tense. Yeah. And my mom also was born in Honduras. So, um, you know, growing up, it was like interesting. She has like a Caribbean and with like a little bit of a Spanish tilt kind of because yeah. her native language is Spanish. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And then my... Um, Did she go back to Jamaica before she came here? Yeah. Okay. She was... Um, my grandparents... Uh, my grandfather worked for the United Fruit Company, which is like a huge company in the mm-hmm. Caribbean. Yes. And they moved to Honduras, had my mom, a sister, then they moved back to Jamaica um, when my mom was about 11. Okay. And then my mom immigrated from Jamaica to New York when she was, I think, 19. Okay. Yeah. So, cool. and then my grandmother is um, part Indian, Cuban, also Jamaican. So there's a lot going on. So there's you know, a lot, yeah. Like, it's just like too much to go into sometimes when people ask. I'm like, my mom's black Jamaican, my my yeah. dad's white. You know, we I guess fit the description in Project Inc. Block. We've the three of us have gotten an opportunity to 
to see some of the amazing things that you've already started doing. Oh, but just you. tell the tell the millions of viewers and listeners <laughs> oh, yes, okay. around the world, kind of in a nutshell, how you would describe what you do and and why you got into this uh, the the world of I guess diversity. If that's a yeah mm-hmm. yeah that nutshell part. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I, I'm I'm like I will have one when my mom can say what I do. Right. <laughs> right. My mom is like something with police officer <laughs> and, and diversity women and world. I'm like what? <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, for uh, so well, so Project Inkblot was started by myself, my co-founder, um, Boy Wen Gao, and. I guess the kind of short version of that, she and I met as editors at a music and culture magazine. And I think like a lot of like entrepreneurs, you get to that moment where you're like, damn, like I've worked so hard for other people. What would Mm -hmm. it look like to own something? Like not just like physical ownership or, but just like be responsible for something, be accountable and like create something of my own, you know? And we originally started an online magazine called Culture Files. And we really saw like in our own communities, like so many women, people of color, just doing incredible work, like starting incredible organizations and like art projects. We were really interested in the intersection of art and like activism, entrepreneurship. So we started interviewing people we were calling creative entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't only women and people of color, but it was like heavily um, geared towards that because we just saw that that was missing. Like when we were reading, you know, um, different magazines or going to different sites. We're like, man, it's like mostly white dudes that are being profiled, you know. And um, anyway, so we started that and ended up with a team of contributors and interviewed over like a hundred of folk, folks from like around the world. Like from the first Yemeni woman photographer, wow. and that was like incredible. That's like cool. people, she, her sharing stories about people coming up to her, like, why do you have a camera? Mm. What are you doing with that? Wow. In you Yemen know? or here? In uh, Yemen. In Yemen. Yeah. yeah. Um, to um, a dude yeah, named... That must be intense. Right? I know. Yeah. Like, And she's like incredible and she's like very accomplished. And uh, and we interviewed this dude named uh, Brian Terry, who's like a food and social justice activist based in Oakland, California. And he's like an author and uh, he's just really dope and does a lot of work around like um, food activism and mm. and communities of color and that kind of turned into workshops we started running local workshops first it started um just for women and it was for folks who were like wanting to bring their creative idea to life like they had this idea in their head they couldn't quite get it out into the world so we were almost like creative midwives we were kind of had a whole like workshop series like getting their idea out into the world and then we started thinking about like oh how can we have a bigger impact and that's when we started working with companies and organizations so essentially we, we do a lot of strategy work, um, a lot of program design, like actually designing almost like the blueprint to inaugural programs that companies are rolling mm-hmm. out. Um, and our lens is always like, how do we make this really diverse and like truly inclusive? It's just like our lens is like the way we see the world. We can't not see it. Right. So yeah. sometimes we'll go into companies and they're like, oh, we're launching this 12 month program, et cetera. And then we help like strategize and build it out. But again, we're always looking like who's missing from this mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah. Who's missing from the audience you're trying to reach? I guess sort of our philosophy, it's a methodolo- methodology, but our philosophy is designed for diversity. And really what that means is really simple. It's just like designing from the onset, embedding diversity into the onset of a product or a service or a program so that it's not tacked on at the end. Because you know when it's tacked on at the yeah, end, sure, and it's definitely. so bad. Yeah. Like, you know it. You're like, yeah, they just threw that in. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And it's not, I mean, I, I want to say that I do this because I think it's the right thing to do. I think it's the humane thing to do. I have always been really passionate about like media images and narratives and having people of color represented like fully and authentically. Um, but it's also just makes for better a better outcome. Like mm-hmm. there's all this, you know, research and data to back up why um diversity, you know, creates um is like the funnel to creating more innovative and effective yeah. and better like products and services. And I think it's just like mad old school not to design that into your whatever you're building. I mean, it's just like the world's changing, it's shifting. It's like you kind of got to like to be current and yeah. be modern. Like it, I think that just should be top of mind. Definitely. You know, so it, it, you do notice too, yeah. or at least, I mean, I think a lot of people that I know notice when something does not include, you notice, you're yeah. like, Where, what are they doing? Like, right. They, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, are you just like these like ad campaigns that have really missed the mark? And right. it's like, what was happening right. that that yeah. missed the mark? Who was sitting mark around the table? So yeah. Bad, you know, yeah. so that's like kind of 
that's the nutshell. It was a lot, but that kind of gives you the flavor of like what we do. So police and like you know women oh. and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got something. You. And then fifth description actually was started summer 2016 after Flando Castillo and Alton Sterling were killed. Mm-hmm. And um, Boy Wen and I and our friend who and, and ended up being um, and partner on this project. His name is Aunt Demby. We were really just like you know what we we should do something we should do something in response to what's happening we had no idea it was going to turn into like such a big thing mm-hmm. you know we really were like let, let's just do something and we started um wondering about um black male police officers because we were like man you don't ever really hear from like black male police officers or like these black men that yeah. are being killed and what is that like and you know what is it like being in uniform and out of uniform and like how do you negotiate that double identity i'd say in fact like when people have the conversation the police is almost a stand-in for white cops like Mm -hmm. people talk about the police as being a white police force right yeah exactly and we were just like huh that's interesting and we wanted to know what it would look like to bring these groups of people together to have like conversations around so we really like just like you guys you know you're just like Let's just do it and right. we'll see what happens. And we ended up partnering with um, uh, Brick Media, downtown Brooklyn. You know, Brick Media? Wait. Sounds familiar. Yes. It's right on Fulton. Cool. And they have a lot of like resources and there's like some really good people there. Nice. Anyway, so we ended up shooting this in like a day. We just started reaching out to folks and got officers. One of the people I'm really, I want to say, just like really proud and happy we had in the series was a sergeant named... Edwin Raymond, and he's mm-hmm. also an activist, and mm-hmm. he's part of this group. He's also from Brooklyn. He would be an incredible interview. Yeah, he's a, he's um, a member of this group called the NYPD Twelve, and mm-hmm. they're all um, mostly men, a couple women, um, all people of color, and they're active officers suing the NYPD. Oh, can wow. you imagine? Wow. Like they're active sure they're and popular. they're suing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, they're Sounds suing like for right, Topland. Mm-hmm. right, yeah, exactly. Totally. Right, Will Smith plays like the lead or something. <laughs> yeah. And um, they are suing the NYPD for racial profiling practices. Wow. So, um, Within Edwin. In the department or outside? While they're the department? active. While they're active. That's, a, yeah. that's tough. They're, they're, I mean, that's got to be. Can you imagine? Like I, they, mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's like insane. That doesn't make. That seems it's like impossible stance. to get. Right. Yeah, like, how yeah. do you go to work every day and not get like dirty looks? Exactly. Every day? And I remember one officer I was talking to was telling me, he's like, you definitely don't want to not make friends because when you're on the front lines and some shit's going down, these are the people that are supposed to be protecting you. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine like everyone's no. right? Exactly. So we ended up with um, five shorts. They're about mm-hmm. seven to nine minutes long each. Um, some of the folks that were paired, they, they, they know each other. Like right. there was a father and a son. And then no, some folks that, like yeah. Edwin was paired with, um, uh, activist and artist named Andre Singleton. Oh, yeah, that was the one that's up that's now, the one that's right? on the site. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he's the founder of this um, project called the Very Black Project. He's a really I wonderful I re- I reco- human being. I thought I recognized him. You might. Yeah. yeah, he's just a wonderful human being. Yeah. And they had a really um, beautiful interview. I mean, all the interviews are about an hour long. We edited them down. Right. Well, wow. I didn't because I don't do that. But the editor <laughs> did. Right, right. Um, and um, yeah, what? Well, so where we are now with the project is. We have two types of events that we run around the project. We use the videos as like a visual stimulus tool, like a way to get a dialogue open right. and going about race and identity. And the bigger in the bigger events, um, we bring in people that were in the uh, the the series. They kind of speak about their experiences. We it's very interactive though. Like I'm not a fan of like panels and lectures. Sure. I'm yeah, like yeah. sleeping two minutes in. I'm right, like, yeah. right, right, right. And um, so it's like very interactive, and we have audience members um, kind of interact with the officers and the civilians. We do this exercise where an officer's video will go up and tell a story, and when they get to the point of the story where you're like on like pins and needles, and you're like, oh my god, you know, we we intentionally pause them, and then we mm. flip it back to the audience and have them like think about what they would do Where if there was a situation wow. and what wow. they would be feeling and et cetera. And then we run smaller events that don't involve people from the series that the core fit the description team and I. Shout out to Hosanna Marshall because I didn't mention her earlier. She's another um, essential member. Mm-hmm. Um, we facilitate these workshops and we facilitated them in like Hunter and Columbia, WeWorks, up and down the Northeast, cafes, Brooklyn Museum. And those are smaller, about capped around 60 people and mm-hmm. also interactive um, workshops around race and identity. I'm curious what kind of activities you do when you have 
because it sounds to me like a lot of what you're trying to do is facilitate these conversations. Yeah. And I'm curious what kind of activities you would do with a group of, of people. Well, first of all, we don't have the tools or training to talk about like race in a healthy way mm-hmm. in this country. Yeah. Right. You know, no one knows. And so the thing is like a lot of times, especially white folks are afraid that they're going to say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So no one wants to say anything. But the reality is that everyone's going to say the wrong thing, you know, because no one has tools around that. So it's like if you already know people are going to say, quote unquote, the wrong thing, then how do we design for the kind of environment where people feel comfortable saying the wrong thing and how do you stay in a conversation when you want to smack the person right right, right, right. you know what i mean and i'm definitely not a master at this i'm not an expert like there are times that i've been facilitating and someone said something and i'm like cringing inside but that's what we're tasking ourselves with is like how do you stay in these conversations how do you get to the other side we're not trying to change anyone's mind yeah um it's really more like how do we expand Wait, are we in talk, awareness. We're talking about diversity or marriage because it sounds <laughs> very similar. Very similar. You want similar. to smack the other person on the other side. I'm like, wait, what are we, did we transition to something? Sorry. That's funny. It's all about open communication. Right, right. right. So, yeah, it's really like expanding a viewpoint. It's like expanding awareness, like actually presenting various viewpoints so you right. leave more confused than when you right. came. I think that's a good thing that yes. you actually see the comp- the complexity and nuances instead that's of like, great. oh, you're this and you're that and that. You know what I mean? So you're forcing people to think about it when they leave. Right. Yeah. And that is right. when you force people to think about it when they leave. That's really the I guess I'm, in some ways that's what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Because right? it's hard to quantify these things. Right? It's hard it to is. Say, it's hard to say, OK, we did this and we were able to measure success. or Totally. But you can kind of get that feel or the vibe based on how the session goes. You yeah. You can see the energy, hopefully leave the room and people can kind of take something from it. Yeah. yeah. And that's how I felt after watching Fit the Description. Yeah. Like, it was definitely, there was there were no answers given. It was just kind of making you think. Mm. And getting us space. to, there was a lot of space to mm. think. And I just thought that the, the videos were really, really beautiful. Oh, thank I you. I want to say. And um, really bringing to light a perspective that you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't naturally think. Like, the conversation has been so often about white police officers and black civilians. Yeah. But it's yeah. much more, you know, nuanced than that, like you said. I think so too. Yeah. And, and, you know, and to be really frank, like, I think that we were also so disheartened when we were just hearing about all these terrible things happening. And, like, it just was like so, like, oh, this is terrible. And it, it didn't start with these men, it's been existing really, like, this type of dynamic has existed since the country was formed, you know? And, there's nothing we can do about it. And I think we intentionally were seeking out cops that were like, quote unquote, good cops mm-hmm. or like that cared, yeah. you know? And to be frank, like we have had definitely a number of black men be like, I've had interactions with black cops and they've been horrible. Mm-hmm. Right. They've right. actually been worse, yeah. you know? And that's actually really interesting too, you know? Like what's going on there mm-hmm. that you're actually getting worse treatment, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's really complicated. And you know, to be frank, also, we left out a lot of perspectives. Yeah. So we're actually in the midst of, we're well, not in the midst, we're going to be doing a reshoot this summer to create additional content. That's great. To add to the existing content yeah. because we're packaging it and licensing it out to educators around the countries so that they can actually facilitate their own. Oh, wow. It's not feasible for us to, to go around and continue facilitating yeah Yeah. and we don't want to it's not something that we want to hold close to our hearts Mm -hmm. like it's not ours it's like how can we put this out in the world so it can have the most value in the biggest impact and in the best way you know so um we are doing a reshoot we ended up partnering with this organization um called circles of support and they deal with formerly incarcerated folks that are um integrating back into into mm. society into the world and we partnered with them for a really big event we threw and you know one of the dudes there was like you don't have anyone who's formerly incarcerated being wow. interviewed. interesting yeah you know and we're like he's 100 percent right. right and we just we it was a blind spot for us and we have about like 22 people on the crew i 99 are people of color about half and half like black men and women of color mm-hmm. and like we we didn't see it well. you know what i mean so we didn't have like a young person or we did we filmed it but the the footage just didn't work mm-hmm. you know so like having those kind of perspectives like adding even more right. nuances are yeah. important that's i love that six degrees nyc with john matten right man mm-hmm. talking about fit the description 
which is there a way for people to be able to see this? Yeah, if you right go now? to fitthedescription.com, fit the we have we only have one video up on the site. Right. Um, Even if you see one of them, I think people will get a feel for kind of how powerful that that interaction can be for just I have the two people that are sitting there, a police officer and another uh, young African-American male. But in general, just imagining two people from different perspectives of a situation doesn't just have to stop at you know, law enforcement and civilians. This could be two different people from different religions. It can be, mm-hmm. I think the opportunity is endless yeah. for something like that. And it doesn't have to happen under your umbrella, but just thinking about that for schools or for, you know, different organizations to just be like, hey, you know, what? we've got two people that are from two different backgrounds, but they do the exact same thing. Yeah. Why don't we have them sit and talk to each other so that way they can kind of learn about each other, you know? And- but I love a lot that you said that because that's also like part of the goal right was that this was like a pilot but then there are all these other issues we can apply the same format to so yeah that's yeah it's gonna be good we'll we'll look forward to that thank you but i have been joking with the team i'm like okay next one we're doing on like unicorns (laughs) this is so much this is like so heavy yeah yeah Yeah. was there anything from that that really surprised you yeah there were like i think i mean i think you guys have seen most of the videos but Mm -hmm. the story i always like to share to like give people the flavor is um the father and son when the father's so there's so the father has was an officer for over 20 years undercover for like the majority i think actually maybe 22 years and undercover for for 20 years Mm -hmm. but but the story i always share is he talks about going into fort green park in the 90s he's undercover he has like a hoodie on jeans he has his gun out he's out with his uh two white male colleagues they're about to enter the park it's night they call for backup and they're looking for a black male who um i'm I'm not sure what he had done but they were looking for him and as they're about to enter the park he's like i can't go in i am a black male you're looking for a black male i'm in a hoodie and jeans i have a gun out like i might get killed this is not safe for me and he you know his um two colleagues are like yeah we get it and he went back to the like went and sat in the car and i remember when he told that story being like that is so deep i'm first of all i've never thought about that and that's not a story that i've i've heard yeah you know and so there were like a lot of things like that and also on the civilian side too you know i think the the video between Edwin and Andre is probably my favorite mm-hmm. um, because they really connected. Yeah. And I was also really like, you know, when, you know, Andre's sharing about his experience, like living in Bed-Stuy and, and, you know, he's like, I'm a big black man. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm gay and like his experiences. And I think also the reason Edwin and Andre really connected was, and it wasn't until another team member pointed this out to me afterwards, was that they're both kind of like on the outskirts of their own community. Like Andre identifies as queer. Edwin is an officer and often viewed as like a sellout yeah. or Uncle mm-hmm. Tom. And I think they, I think like it's not overt. They don't say it in the interview, but I think that they kind of got that about each other. Yeah. Like as a question of male blackness, like they're dipped there. Yeah, that they're like kind of a, like um isolated a bit or like a little bit alienated from their own community and i think they could see that in one another but i'm also just projecting right that just was like my my favorite was the one with what's his name harold oh Uh, yeah harold is really hot hilarious really hot jesus sorry (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding no no but i loved all of them i love but i particularly like that one just because i loved his stories Oh, Harold had amazing stories. Oh, and he starts off he's... telling stories. Oh, he just goes like he's right a story in. Teller. Yeah, he is. He and is. And like when he talks about his mom and the Thanksgiving meal and they yeah. got robbed. Oh yeah. And the cops came back with and the, the food. And the cops came yeah. back with all this food for Thanksgiving. And yeah. he was like, Oh wow, cops aren't all bad. Yeah. I can do this. I thought that was really interesting given that he had so many terrible experiences with officers. Right, right. And that's the one that stood out Stuck to him. With him. And he's yeah. been very vocal. I mean, he's retired, but he's been very vocal against then white the NYPD yeah yeah it, you know there are a couple there are a couple of apologies which I thought were sort of powerful to hear and then there were a couple of uh, stories about how they got involved how the police officers got involved as police officers they're sort of what happened to them when they were younger two of them had stories where they were taken by the cops to a white woman who decided whether who, who was a witness who said like yes or no and that struck me as a, a 
it it struck me. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like, oh, I didn't realize necessarily that it could be like, oh, you're coming with me because we have this witness testimony and you fit the description. And right. like somebody can just say like yes or no. And that's on the street. And it's not at the station. It's like in a car. Right. That was bizarre. And neither of them received an apology. It was kind of like, oh, well, okay, well. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, it, yeah. Yeah. It was like, you know, this time you, uh, you, 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 you made it out. Right. But. Right. Be careful. You know, right. it was yeah. just like. Or as Harold was saying, like, the cop was like, oh, well, you're lucky this time. You're he lucky, was like, but I right? didn't do yeah. anything. Like, like, why am I lucky? Yeah. Right. I didn't do what you're saying I did, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's deep. I'd be yeah. interested to hear more about that. Like, because it's, to me, that's the scariest thing. It's like the powerlessness of mm-hmm. being assumed guilty mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that conversation. Like you said, Ben, you didn't, you know, it's like, wow, someone can just pick you up and put you away. And that's, you don't have to have done anything necessarily wrong. Like, there are a lot of videos now, right? Like, you see a lot of videos mm -hmm. on social media of people being mistreated. And I think the thing that always gets me the hardest is not necessarily the physical violence. It's like, when people are like pleading to be listened to and mm. they're not being listened to is the thing that's the hardest thing for me to watch. Mm. Somebody like taking away Ugh. their power. Like I that. can't mm. watch those. I don't watch really them anymore. I, yeah, mm. it's hard. I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even, I don't know how many I've seen. I think I saw the beginning of like the Eric Garner one and then I was like, I'm, I can't do this because I like can't process it. It's so upsetting. Yeah. It um, is this, yeah, uh, yeah, this country is so violent. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So and we're like so, I don't know, well, I don't know if we're desensitized, but it's like, I think we just start to think it's like normal. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, another school shooting is terrible. And then you're like, but you get so used to hearing it. And that's like so disturbing to even get used to that. Yeah. You know, so it's just, whatever. It's so great to see these people, these young people, like just being so vocal. I know. It's amazing what's yeah. happening right now with all of that. Yeah. Yeah. How would you like there? Are, so this kind of brings up something, too. And in, in a lot of these the movements that have happened lately, there have been like big sort of like progressive movements through social media, the kids with the guns. We have Me Too, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. There are fringe and mainstream backlash that happens, too. Um, and a lot of times, like it can be really hard to talk about that. What, how do you I don't know if you've encountered that sort of argument. I mean, some of the shootings want the fringe shooting things are especially disturbing people who like deny Sandy Hook happened or something mm. like that. How do you appeal to somebody sense, who has no sense of sort of fact as, you know, who wants to like maybe go down this path? Is there anything that anybody can do in your opinion? That's such a good question. I don't know that I have an answer to that. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I want to kind of write those people off as like just insane. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, are those like the Holocaust people that right. are like, that never Sounds happened. Like or that are like, oh, slavery ended years ago. It wasn't that bad. Or, but you know. we're in this weird place and it's where like, what? things gain traction. Yeah, exactly. But in some ways, it seems like those people who may seem to have the strongest opinions and maybe the, you know, conspiracy theorists or whoever, I would think that those are the people that need to be reached the most. Yeah. Because they pass that message along to the next generation mm-hmm. or they pass the message along to people that are close to them. And if they feel that strongly about something, then they're probably going to be able to convince somebody else of that as well. But I feel like those are the ones that are going to take the longest and the most um, intention to f- figure out how to deal with. And like, I know that there was a documentary about um, a black guy who befriended KKK members. Have oh, I've heard about this. Yeah. And he basically like spent years befriending white supremacists. It was like his thing that he did. And it worked because after a while, if you're a white person who thinks that black people are whatever you think, your opinion will begin to shift once you start to see the humanity. Right. But that takes years. Yeah. It's not to me. It's not a conversation. And a, I wonder, a conversation yeah. won't shift right. that and I wonder if they, I, I think I know you're talking mm-hmm. about too. I've, I haven't seen the documentary, but I wonder also if they just view him as an exception to something. Mm-hmm. If after a while he ceases right. to be like, oh, right. even black. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, that's my boy, Ben. Right. Well, I just use that as a name, but you are Ben. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. But you know what I mean? So it's, he's it's different. Tri- yeah. He's different. Yeah. <laughs> it's tricky because it's like, how do you change someone's mind or shift their mm-hmm. perspective? Or And I think that, you know, one of the things we always say is like you have to make it personal to people mm-hmm. i think even like with diversity and inclusion work it's like it tends to be viewed as like oh i think women are mad about something i think people call it like they're mad 
hope you guys work it out. Mm-hmm. Bye. It doesn't include me. You know what I mean? And it's like, actually, it includes everyone. It, mm-hmm. it really does. So it's like, I'm always, you know, trying to orient people and we're trying to, we're creating exercises or tools, et cetera, around like making it personal for everyone. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you don't see yourself in it, and you don't start to question like, oh, how how have I played a role in that? Or how has my racial identity been constructed based on like the stories I heard, the images yeah. I saw growing up, all these things. Even if you're a white guy, like that is totally, it's, it's a construct. It's something mm-hmm. that you've been, you know, it's, there's a narrative that you've been told. And it's like, if you're not starting to look at that and see how, where you land within like the landscape of race in this country, it's like, we're all in it. We're all a part of it. And I think that's, that's tricky. That's deep. I, I know a tricky. lot of a lot of people speaking of, you know, the conversation now that's happening and being white who are sensitive to the idea of white privilege. Mm-hmm. They get very upset. Totally. Hearing that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, you you have to have a certain level of openness, I think, which is maybe part of the problem for some people to get past a certain place. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's absolutely. A it's, it's, <laughs> it's a tough one. Absolutely. I don't I've been saying recently, like, I actually don't think privilege is the best word yeah i don't know I an i, I don't know thing. an alternative right now but i because i think it just shuts down mm-hmm. and i think i get why we're saying privilege and what it means and it's important but it's just like automatically kind of shuts down the conversation for the part from the start because nobody actually wants to think that they that they're privileged yeah it's not right. that it actually means you have to be responsible you have to take accountability you have to like look deeply at something so do you think that there is a responsibility as a person of color to approach conversations in ways where if you're talking to a white person that person won't feel defensive or do you think that there's that's not the responsibility yeah that's a really good question I think that it's personal to the person that is something I think about also you know there are some people that are like make white people feel uncomfortable right I feel uncomfortable all the time I've been in situations where I've been like wow you really just said that and what am I supposed to do with that am I supposed to like and like like educate you on everything it's like sometimes you're like i really was about to go home and yeah, get a drink right, and meet right. my friend yeah. now i gotta do all of this i kind of right. don't want to right, you know right, what right, i mean right, right. um you know what i'm saying so it's like and then there are other people who are like no let's take a more let's take a different approach mm-hmm. you know let's get the walls down so we can have like a really constructive conversation and i think that there is a lot of talk about like let's move forward, let's progress forward, like let's have these constructive conversations. I think I'm like a part of that. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like the nastiness, the anger and and resentment I think has to like come out. I think it is coming out. Yeah. That's what we're seeing right now. I think that has to come out also. Yeah. And I think it's really depends on on the person. I think for some people it's it's good to be made to feel uncomfortable a little bit. Like there are some people that's effective, you know, it's like, oh my God, I never knew that about myself. I'm going to take this as an opportunity to look deeper, you know, for other people, it's like more effective to go in a little more, in a little more, you know, kind of diplomatic manner. And I just think it depends like on the person. Yeah. 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 What do you guys think? I mean, I I think I wouldn't say I'm a comedian, but I'm definitely a jokester. Mm. And so when it comes to personal interaction with whether it's friends or people that I know that I'm either going to be, living with in college or dealing with on a regular basis at work, I'm going to use comedy to kind of loosen up the conversation a little bit. And some people may not agree with that. They say, oh, well, you're kind of feeding into stereotypes. So you're allowing certain scenarios to be uh, in the spotlight to kind of, you know, have a little bit of humility. But I think it works. I've made so many great friends who come from different walks of life. Even in college, I mean, I had a real country southern roommate who would say a lot of things that were probably not appropriate but i'd like to think i made an impact i'd mm-hmm. like to think that if nothing else his experience with me or me being comical with certain things and topics can kind of you know change the conversation a little bit john you're doing it through your organization and things that you've started on a way bigger scale but i think that everybody has that responsibility if you have friends or family or whoever that may not see things or only see things in one way you know it's it's on you a little bit too to kind of say hey you know what maybe i should probably try to open up their right. you know their mind a little bit i think especially in this day and age like and I also, I totally agree with you. I'm often using humor, yeah, like constantly, you know what I mean, to, you know, to disarm and et cetera. And I think that like people who are funny or who think they're really funny, like 
we use that. <laughs> I don't I am funny. <laughs> so. Um, you know, so anyway, we, people think they're funny. We, <laughs> no, you guys always do this. So. <laughs> Uh, we use that as a way to like sometimes cover up like how painful things right, are. Right. You know what I mean? It's like Absolutely. the way that you deal. I mean, it's like I'm the person Pushing at a funeral that's like making yeah. a joke. Well, my grandma's funeral was right. like making jokes with my sister. She's like, get out of here right now. I'm like, right. come on, there's funny things happening. Right, you have to acknowledge right, right. this. Yeah. But um, um, so yeah, I think that there are ways to do it. I do think in this day and age, it's really important more than ever to like call people out. Yeah. when they're off i have an uncle who's white and he's canadian you know and my my aunt's husband and i love him he's been my uncle my whole life you know what i mean and we don't agree sometimes on mm -hmm. a lot of things like politically and there are times where i'm like eh, mm. that's not accurate you know and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like super smart and he's a wonderful person and i love him and I'm grateful that sometimes we clash because we actually have conversations about it. Yeah. Like if it was someone else, I might be like, I'm not going to do this, yeah. you know, but I feel an obligation because he's my family to yeah. like have these conversations. Yeah. Six Degrees NYC. This is great. Thank you for that interview, Jahan Manton. That was, that was great. We're going to come back and play rapid fire okay, cool. after this break. Hey guys, it's Ben here from Six Degrees NYC. We hope you're liking our podcast, and we just want to take this moment to ask you to head over to the iTunes store, subscribe to our show, give us five-star rating, write us a review that tells us how much you love us or hate us. Um, the only thing is if you hate us, uh, we would appreciate five stars, and then you can write whatever you want in the comments. Um, we're going to keep posting our show on Thursdays and finding interesting guests to share their New York stories with us and with you. On our next show, we have Kyle Neptune, who is the assistant coach of the Villanova Wildcats, who just won the 2018 NCAA National Basketball Championship. We had a great time talking to him. Check it out. Don't forget, if you subscribe to us, you won't miss it. Also, we want your letters. Send us letters. Info at 6degrees.nyc. We will read them on the air. Can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Six Degrees, NYC, we're back. Thanks to our very expensive sponsors <laughs> for covering that two-minute ad. Anyway, um, <laughs> we'll get back to that. So it's rapid-fire time. Are we ready? Pew, pew, pew. Are you ready? John, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Favorite hidden gem in New York? God damn, it's just supposed to be rapid. Um, no, well, it just should be the first thing that comes to mind. Hidden gem. I'm going to give a shout out to Baccarat Restaurant on oh. 136 Division Street. It Division. is a very delicious, northern Italian, very sexy restaurant and bar. And I also, worked, I also worked there on Friday on the nights. Walk. Oh, you <laughs> so did? That's also why I'm giving it the extra shout out. Right now? I do, but out. it's yes. Y'all are all welcome. Free are you a bartender? Oh my god, I'm gonna be a bartender. Yo, it's all free apps. Mention, <laughs> mention six degrees NYC at the door. Oh my god, so, we're going there, guys. Oh my god, I would love for y'all to come. Be fun. And um, it's like a great if you're having an affair. That's the place to go. Got to. it. Got you know it. What I mean? As a matter of fact, we have witnessed <laughs> a couple of people there that you're like, eh, that's not um, their. Do they have gluten free options? Yes, they do. Um, favorite, and we gotta go. Yes. Favorite spot to have an affair in the city. <laughs> right. Favorite side joint spot. Like what? Favorite oh, side Best piece. February 13th. restaurant. <laughs> the, the menu has all types of names based on side pieces. Right, exactly. Um, okay, most nostalgic spot in New York. I'm gonna say Odessa Diner on Avenue A I in the East that. Village. It's yeah. across the street yeah. from Thompson Square Park. Yes. And wow. it's so busted. It's like honestly not even good. <laughs> but my family and I have been going there for so yeah. long. It's just like it's like our neighborhood diner. Yeah. I used to go to and Life Cafe right there. Oh yeah, seven A, seven A clothes. Seven A is now Miss Lily's, like the oh, high end Jamaican spot. Oh, I know the one of the owners. I mean, they have great food, Miss, and I've been there, and it's fun. But Miss seven A did the event, didn't yes, it? Yes, they were yeah. at our event. But oh, seven A is seven A. Yeah, I used to go to seven A a lot. Also, it wasn't even that good, but I just love going there. And a lot of those places aren't. They're like, that's where you go when you're there. But. Exactly. You just go. So yeah. Odessa, Odessa, like, wow. we Bobby used to Dad. go there, like, it was just like our family diner spot. Sure. Like, for breakfast, we'd go. We yeah. had a family in town. Like, the last day that they left, we'd always go to Odessa and have, like, a big uh, breakfast. And my mom and I still go there. Oh, like, I actually, maybe, like, twice a month or so, we'll go on a Saturday really? and have, like, 
some kind of like wack ass breakfast, but it's just <laughs> nostalgic. It's just like it's cozy. You know yes, what I mean? And I that do. place used to be teeming with like junkies all yeah. around. You know, because East Village was like was like that. Favorite day trip or like maybe, from New York City, like yeah. New York City out of the city trip. You know what I'm gonna say actually is Philly because oh. you know I love Philly. I um my husband and I went last summer and I that was like my second time. It was just it just felt like really down to earth. Yeah. Hmm. And people were so friendly. Yeah. Like we were like, dang, people are really friendly. Uh favorite bagel spot? Russ and Daughters. Houston Street. Another Lower East Side Houston joint. Russ and Daughters. It's um Houston no, close to Allen, almost the corner oh, of Allen. Okay. And it's been around for like over a hundred yep. years. Yep. It definitely has best bagels, maybe not. But they're good. Maybe there's better, but it has the best locks. Mm -hmm. And that is the most Jewish thing about me. Every Sunday, we would have bagels and locks from Russ and Daughters. And my dad and I would go walk over there in the morning and get bagels and locks. And I actually have a very sweet, very touching, quick story about that. My dad passed a little over nine years ago Mm -hmm. from cancer. And he was just like the most amazing human being. You know, just like everyone loved him. He like has such a legacy, you know. And um, it was maybe like two years ago, I went to... Russ and Daughters to just randomly. My, my family and I, we don't do bagels and lots every Sunday anymore, mm-hmm. but every once in a while we will. So my brother, my niece and nephew, my sister-in-law, everyone gathered at my mom's and I'm like, I'm gonna pick up some bagels and locks. So I go over there and I was just feeling kind of nostalgic, like thinking about my dad, how he used to go there and he was friends with all the guys that worked there. They right. all knew him, his mm-hmm. name was Steve. And this guy comes over and I'm ordering, you know, I put in my order and if you've ever been to Rustin Daughters, like you get a ticket, you wait, it's like a scene, it's like always packed. Right. They're like, hurry up, we gotta go. And the guy was kind of like, New York grouchy. He was just like, right, yeah, right. what do you want? <laughs> da, 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 da. And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. And I was sitting there and, um. I see him talking to someone and he comes back over and he goes, are you Steve Manton's daughter? Oh, wow. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, what a special, special man. What a special man. And I totally, my eyes, like, I just started to like tear. It was the sweetest thing. And I just was so moved because I was like, wow, like, isn't that what you want to leave behind? That people remember you like that? And he just, his whole attitude just shifted. He was so sweet and just gave my order and I left and I went to my mom's and I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, guys, I have the best story for you. And my whole family started crying and it was really sweet. And, and solidified your favorite bagel spot. Clearly. Exactly. Yeah. No question. That is, exactly. that is a New York story. I feel like a New York and bagel and lox is a New York thing because you don't have to be Jewish to have eaten bagel and lox. Jew- so I grew up a not in a Jewish area right. and we would have Jewish food, but like this is one of the only places that I've seen where pe- non-Jewish people will regularly get matzo ball soup right. or salmon and lox. Yeah, right. Totally. Yeah. I love that. Uber, Lyft, Via, Juno, Yellow Cab, or Carmel. Carmel, that is so. What's your name? Is that like the six six six? Yeah, it is. Number. Uh, Who takes Carmel? Who's taking Carmel? Some very happy people and looking. It looks like Park Slope. (laughs) Some very happy happy people. Arecibo is what we have. What we do in Park Slope. Um, Uh, I'm. uh, I mean, I have to say, Yellow Taxi. Yellow Yellow Taxi. There's. Come on. There. That's like quintessential. Yeah. Okay, what about this one? MetroCard. Do you add time or do you add value? I do. What's the one where you add the week? Time. time. Yeah. I'm doing time. <laughs> time. I'm doing time too, 100%. I, I started doing value because of my I work drastically did. changed. Yeah. Mm. I used to go to the city all the time. Mm. Don't take the subway as much. Yeah. yeah, well, I have to drop Jackson off and then go to work and then come back and pick him up and then go home. So I have, oh. to, add, I have yeah. to add time. You do know what I'm going to say here, right? Car? I haven't been on the subway, subway since I've been on the subway. Yeah. I used go. to be the face of small business. I was all over the subways. Wait, what do you mean? You may have seen me on your local train. No Actually, way. You're you a subway familiar, celebrity. Yeah. Right, we, can, we can bring it up. We'll bring it up. Let's bring it, I'll bring we'll, it up. We'll show you a photo. I'll bring, I'll bring it up. That's hilarious. You guys brought it up. You think I wanted to talk We're about gonna it? We're going to have to post this on Instagram so that our viewers can see it. <laughs> Shout to small businesses in New York. <laughs> Favorite avenue in New York? In Manhattan. Or in Manhattan. I'm gonna. Say, you know what? I really like sixth. I Me like sixth. That's my answer, right? Oh my God, yes. And I specifically yeah. love ten percent chance. 
in uh Six is the best in, in like the West Village. Me too. Like the West yeah, Fourth Street stop because nice, yeah. we used to gallivant around the village in like our teen years. Yeah. That was like our outing. We would be like, Yeah, we're going to the village and then we'd have like my eyebrows were mad thick <laughs> and have like bright red lipstick on and terrible bangs and you like get all your girlfriends and you like walk from the Lower East Side to the village and you just walk around in a loop. And like yes. these dudes would like try to holler at you. It was a real fun game. Yeah. And you just play that game for like hours, <laughs> walking around and hanging so out on Sixth Avenue yes. by the basketball courts. Yes. Um, it was so fun. Yeah. 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 That's a good it's question good though, because you can tell something about someone by which avenue. Yeah. For if sure. someone's like 11th, you're like, mm, like what? Park might Avenue. Might be shady. Park Avenue. <laughs> it's like, is there R in there? Park <laughs> Avenue. Well, that's where my dermatologist is. <laughs> Classic. Uh, Favorite bar in New York? Mm, and stop trying to plug places where you work. Yeah. <laughs> only that one. Um, I really like, uh, I like Clandestino. It's, um, on canal it's just like a little it's like a kind of in the cut cool. kind of spot i don't know this place yeah they know. usually play really good music huh. it's um it's kind of like just chill it's a good like after hours like late night bar when you say they play good music what kind of music are we talking about they just play a good mix it's just it's not like a dance spot you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's right. just kind of like just chill but every time i go in there i'm like this is like a random mix but it's good you know what i mean it's like 80s or it's like 90s hip-hop right. or yeah. it's like this, but yeah, it's like, like it. it's kind of random but they're like it's good choices. I'm gonna throw a curveball in there. Sure. Fa- favorite New York artist, M- music, music, oh and God. or song. That is so that is hard. One. I'm gonna say. There is no wrong answer. I'm gonna say. We'll appreciate you either way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is like. An obvious one, but I'm gonna say Mary J. Blige is one okay. of my favorite. I like okay, that that's one. A good answer. Because I feel like she <laughs> I feel Wrong like answer. Mary J. Blige is like very quintessential New York. Yeah. I wanna she's like Yonkers. Yep. I and think so. um yeah, I, I she was like one of my favorites growing up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She kinda like is the epitome of like it's my like my teenage years. Yeah. And she's um her voice. Yeah, like, like she just like wasn't She's just like she's quintessential New York. Also, I'm gonna say Jennifer Lopez. Mm. Ooh, I, wow. I love that she is like that she's her her, her singing is questionable. She was my favorite Fly Girl from. Uh, <laughs> she's amazing. In color, color yeah. but she. Oh no! Wait a minute! I got it. Okay. Rosie Perez is oh my, is my love favorite. Rosie. We love Rosie on Six Degrees. Yeah, yeah. we were. Uh, I think she's incredible. She's so great. She's incredible, and we have she's an off the so air New York. Rosie Perez. Yeah. Oh wow, I want to hear about so that. So New York. Oh my God, her. Who accent? is more New York than Rosie Perez? Yeah, she's. Awesome. And I love her politics, and I think Everything. she's really, really dope. Yeah, I'm okay. Favorite pizza place. It's not so great anymore, but Rosario's on the corner of Stanton and mm. Orchard Street was had like I used to get pizza there yeah it um, used to be really good it's not as good yeah. anymore you'd like you go to like one of the bars around there and just walk across to get pizza yeah yes. all the time yes. it, it was, was very solid it was like it was very really 2 a.m 3 a.m yeah. yeah yeah it was solid pizza yeah i also like artichoke i do I really oh, yeah. i've heard such good things about artichoke no i have had it it's really rich it's like yeah you gotta be ready for it you gotta be ready for it yeah huh um Favorite sub subway line? Favorite subway line? Oh my god, it's the F. I'm so biased. I have the same like. I you guys feel are so New York. Oh my god, <laughs> I do. It's the F train. Is my favorite. It's my favorite. Also, it's the Sixth Avenue. I mean, it makes sense because we both chose Sixth Avenue and, and both chose Lower East Side for your high school days. It's, <laughs> it's funny. true. It's funny. I think I, I, I think people are biased. Also, like based on the subway line they grew up right. around. You That's know what true. I mean? Like it was yeah. we. I was off the F, so yeah. it was just... I'm AC all day. See? Are you really? Yeah. Interesting. The A train is the wildest train, though. I've seen the wildest, craziest things on the A yeah. train. A train moves quick because, first of all, 42nd Street, Port Authority is not putting out normal people. No. They keep so, on trying to make it sexy like when? around there. And it's not <laughs> yeah. going to be sexy. It's never going to happen. Stop trying to make Port Authority like yeah. a destination stop. Exactly. Yeah. Come... Come bowl at the Port Authority. <laughs> like, who the fuck wants to bowl at the Port Authority? Think this shit where's, is. The, where's the best place to get... Uh, 
immediately scammed in the city is the Port Authority, in my opinion. Like you oh, just yeah. walk out the door. Scams. If you listen yeah. to anyone who's talking to you, you're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't even go there. No. Ever. I had, again. Say, yeah. a, you know, I've always been trying to figure <laughs> out a good time to drop this. I had a very, very wholesome moment at Port Authority when I was probably like 14, 13, 14. I was coming back from Maryland, <laughs> Port Authority, got off the bus, did not have enough money for a MetroCard pre-cell phone whatever mm-hmm. I asked some lady in front of me Where's this going? and she got a token she got me a token wow. oh that's nice token, token. that's yeah. old New some York real shit crazy. I always swipe people in yeah that's what because I have I mean because you, val- val- yeah, you do time so you do like, time that's yeah. different I, I do value that. so I have that's to different. pretend mm-hmm. I, have to, I have to really like someone to give them a swipe mm. yeah that's funny Audrey and I were walking through the city when we first started doing the podcast and some lady was what happened there? She I was, you couldn't find your car, but she was going to swipe you in. Yes, you're right. We had like a moment. We had a yeah. very New York like. Mm. Oh, because it was both of us, and I didn't have a card, right. so you can only use your joint for yours. Right. And she came back. She overheard us, so she was like, "I'll walk you guys back down." So she walked back. She down walked with us, back down the stairs with us to let us in. New Yorkers are some of the nicest people. They really. truly are. We get such once a you bad get ride. past once you get past whatever that like get the fuck away from me thing right. is. Yeah. Everyone's really yeah. nice. There's a lot great. of great like New York moments that Absolutely. make up yeah. for all the uh, moments where you're like, Ugh. Right. you know, so you have like many. a moment and it's, it's worth, it's worth something. 100%. Yeah, totally. Ugh, so true. Well, it's been great having you on. Uh, thank you so much. You answered much. all the rapid fire questions, which yeah, is impressive. No, man, thank you so much. We appreciate you Yeah, being except here. for one. It's yeah, fine. it's all good. Thank we'll come, you guys. We'll come back to that next time. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to give your website info just for people who are interested in sure. finding out what you're doing? Yes. So uh, projectinkblot.com. It's projectinkblot.com. That's for our consulting services. And then um, fitthedescription.com. Is for the video series. Thank That's you. awesome. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, guys. Six Degrees NYC. Another. Another one. <laughs> and another one. Classic. Six Degrees NYC. We're out.